Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, bring out your dogs and your cats and your other pets and your grandma and your aunt <laughs> and your mailman <laughs> and the milkman <laughs> and anyone else that you can. Because guess what? That's right. We're back for another podcast. We're here. That was try, right. Triforce. Woo. It yep. dropped at the end, but no, man, that was, was a real good build-up. Oh. It was like WrestleMania I shit. Know, yeah. there, man. Let's get ready to podcast. That's so WrestleMania <laughs> happened. Everyone, a bunch of people talk about it, and I couldn't care less. All right. I'm sorry, guys. I'm no, not a wrestling I'm, fan. I'm with you. I, I don't understand the the love that wrestling gets. I, I, I will never understand. I it. understood like it, it when I was like 10 years old yeah of course but, but now I mean, that I i'm not fully 10 years grown old, people yeah oh my god it's wrestlemania i'm like you're not a child when you, you know you're not getting excited yeah it's a spongebob squarepants it's like no it's it's for kids yeah, I, mean, yeah. I felt the same way wrestling for me is a lot like um seeing weird al yankovic play live at at blizzcon <laughs> I, I lasted about 10 minutes until i thought to myself I'm either going to kill myself or I have to leave this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you I killed yourself. I, I, think, I killed actually. myself. Yeah. I'm dead now. Yeah. I'm a ghost. Yeah. And I've come back to warn everybody not to go see. Don't let nostalgia get the best of you. That's, that is the perfect case in point where nostalgia got the best of me. I thought, fuck right. man. How bad was it? It oh. was just pretty cringy, actually. I was, you know, when people watch you stream and they think that because they played, you know, 12,000 hours of a video game that you're retarded because you've yeah. only played like 20 hours of it and the whole time they're watching you they're saying like oh my god uh, this is this is hard to watch this is painful oh dude I'm, that's my I'm, life i'm face palming all the time yeah i can't stop face palming in fact my face has not left my palm this entire time <laughs> <laughs> that's 10 minutes of weird al yankovic live for me that's how it felt wow so it was pretty bad god. i enjoyed it i quite enjoyed it i mean I, I I saw what he was doing, and I just just went along. I just watched it for the spectacle. Yeah, I didn't. It wasn't like I was standing up. You know, we were all sat down. Yeah, you were sitting next I, to I, Trump. Remember, not Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hearthstone Trump. Yes, Hearthstone Trump yeah. and his uh, the benign Cara? Trump. He seemed yes. to be fucking enjoying it, man. Like I looked over and he was like laughing his head off and stuff. I'm so a huge fan of Trump. Him. I I I shook his hand, man. It was cool. He was he looked like he was he was in the same position as you, Sips. Like he didn't really like it, but he was sat there just, because he didn't really have anywhere else better to I, go. I, and I know. What? It was it was like watching the fireworks display. Like after five minutes, it's just boring. Yeah. Uh, but you're what kind are you of, talking you're kind about? Of Were you bored of fireworks? Well, the thing with fireworks displays is that they only last for about five minutes, realistically. No, no, no. Some of them on. last for like 45 no. minutes. Like, Come on, on, what are you no, talking no, no. about? You know how much money that costs to put on a 45-minute firework display? Yeah, but the ones Shit. I used to go to in like the local village and town were no. so pathetic. Yeah, you know, they'd yeah. set off like one firework every two They've minutes and gotten... an old man would have to go That's out and flip and light the next display. one. That's not We're talking about something big. We're talking like... New Year's Eve, London, like huge, you know. Yeah. With like, I'm talking about a, your own fireworks display that you run in your own house. Okay. You think it's going to be great? It's like a weird Al Yankovic catch. You think it's going to be great? <laughs> you're like, get out over there. You you flip and set your fireworks off, and after a few, you're like, oh, I've still got like 20 fireworks set off, and I'm kind of bored of these. There's, you know? there's only a couple of things in this life that are 100% guaranteed, and one of those things is that a homebrew fireworks display is going to be shit. Like, there's no mm. two ways about it. It's every time, without fail, it'll be bad. Guaranteed. Nobody's ever done a good one. No. And the only time it's good is if it gets dangerous, right? 
if someone starts shooting fireworks out of their ass or yeah. have like a cannon their strapped mouth, to their arm. Or like, you know, yeah. there's a, I, th- I saw a gif, I think the other day of a dude who had like a Roman candle. A gif. It, like, and he was holding <laughs> the stick in his teeth. This is after oh. like a lot of drinking. Yeah. And it went off and it just, it was, it was like a flamethrower in his face. <laughs> like it took forever <laughs> to launch. And he, he just like fell backwards. And I don't Jesus. know, maybe part of his face was I melted. I think those sparks don't actually, don't actually do too much damage. So I don't think he had like massive third degree burns or anything. Yeah. I think he was just like a bit shaken up because the sparks from those fireworks are like, they do that like tickle. They like tickle. It's like holding a sparkler close to your hand. You know, it doesn't actually. Imagine it just gave him like thousands and thousands of little tiny cuts all over his face. Oh, it might have done that. Yeah. That would yeah, hurt. But that would look pretty cool. That would hurt a I lot, think. actually. So, yeah. Um, well, I don't know where the fuck we got onto this from. It but... brings up this interesting point. Would you rather have 10,000 really tiny cuts on your face or just one gigantic gash on your face? How... <laughs> I think both how, how have... Tiny, how tiny are the tiny cuts? Like, you know, like, you know, like little tiny paper cuts, but like thousands of them. Every square inch of your face is covered in these little cuts. All right, so here's the question. Are those tiny cuts going to heal leaving a scar or not? Probably. Oh, no, they'll no, no. Like they'll like little they'll tiny just... scars, like acne scars. No, they'll turn into like little tiny scabs. You'll be and a then crater face when it's all really done. Really tiny. I'd rather have one big scar. Me too, actually. But I, Would I you think... rather be like a super badass pirate with a mega scar running all the way across your nose, like up one eye, you know? Kind of thing, yeah. But not losing the eye. I think you know, just having. I think the sex the appeal there. afterwards, instead of you'd look like Scarface instead of Craterface, which is obviously. <laughs> I think Scarface <laughs> is a lot more sex appeal than yeah, Craterface. Craterface. I mean, you're not. You're not. You're probably not going to to bed any ladies with that. Well, you might. You know, like you might laugh them into bed or whatever. But like yeah. Scarface is is definitely going to be like, oh man, you know, I'm in the mood for a bad boy. You're right. Here's Scarface. I've never laughed a woman into bed. <laughs> it happens. I don't even know it how happens. that happens. Trust me. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, ladies love uh, a good sense of humor. They love it's a very good important. laugh. Yeah. Damn Look it. at Woody Allen. Yeah. Dude's tapped mad amounts of fanny in his time, I'm sure. He didn't do it on sex appeal. No, he that's did it on humor. for damn sure. Like, first of all, his fashion sense is a train wreck. And second of all, he just looks like a bit of a fucking nerd, doesn't he? He's got like yeah, glasses really and stuff and he wears like a fucking cardigan sweaters and shit. Like. <laughs> he's like a poindexter. Yeah, yeah. He's like a, like a, like an adult version of Mr. Rogers kind of. So, you know what, you know what's weird is the, you know, he, he ran off with one of his adopted daughters, like Sun, Sun Yi, is that her name? So he was with Mia Farrow. They adopted a bunch of kids. They were like the first celebrity couple that I can think of to start adopting a shitload of kids, right? Yeah. Like Madonna and what's her name? Jolie. Brangelina Jolie. Yeah. Why, did they, why did they do that for a start? Because Mia Farrow's a nut. I think she's a nut. And, they, you know, it's just one of those sort of right-on celebrities. I don't, I don't so know. So he didn't want to put his dick in crazy, is that? Yeah. Well, you say that. I mean, here's the thing. I, I wonder if halfway in, Woody Allen just thought, you know, this is pretty sweet. We can adopt some some hot, hot girls. Halfway in, what, to her vagina? <laughs> <laughs> I only like to stick it halfway I'm just in. wondering if he saw it like, you know what? We could adopt a, a hot teenager and then I could marry them. And that's exactly what happened. He adopted Sun Yi and then and now they're a couple. It's, it's fucked up. That's pretty fucked that's up. That's really yeah. messed up. I think the whole adoption thing, I think when you're a, a female celebrity, and you have a career in acting and looking good or modeling or whatever. I guess some women don't want to have babies because it changes their body a lot. So like at like the after, 
math of having a baby is that you might be like a bit fat or whatever, and it takes longer to get back to work and stuff. So maybe well, that's why they adopt. She's had four kids. Oh, and she adopted ten. Oh, so no way! Okay, I yeah, take it all have... back. That... What? That's a lot. I, you of... know 14? what? I, I I thought that maybe Rosemary's baby had put her off having children, and she was like, "I ain't having no devil babies. I'm going to adopt them." But instead, no, she's got fourteen kids. Yeah. Jeez, that's a lot of kids. I mean, two How two is a lot of kids. Fourteen. They're all. I mean, over eighty. If you're adopting them when <laughs> they're, they're all like... over eighty, <laughs> <laughs> come to me, my children. <laughs> <laughs> mommy, hey, mommy, my back's hurting again. <laughs> Mom, have you seen my dentures? <laughs> I bet you there are weird old people who would love to be adopted by a um, young mum. Oh, I'm sure there's God. old, creepy old guys that would love it. I guess like anything goes nowadays. 2017, like, look, Woody Allen married his teenage adopted daughter. I mean, that's got, that's so fucking Mayfair weird. has like... 14 kids, you know, John Travolta looks do you crazy. Want to hear about, do you want to hear about her children? <laughs> Are you ready for this? Uh, all right, this is interesting. As of September 2016, uh-huh. Mia, Mia Farah has 11 living children, four biological, seven adopted, including her adopted daughter, Soon Yi, from whom she's estranged. Yeah, no shit. Three of her adopted children, Tam, that's Tam, Locke, yeah. and Thaddeus are deceased. All right. Farrow and Holy her shit. former husband, Andre Previn, have three biological children, twins, Matthew and Sasha, and Fletcher. In 1973 and 76, respectively, they adopted Vietnamese infants, Lark Song Previn, and Summer Daisy Song Previn, followed by the adoption of Sun Yi from Korea. And then she's also got uh, Dylan Farrow. He was known as Eliza for a while, and also as Malone. I mean, what the fuck is going on? She's just snapping up kids and giving them loopy-loo names. What the hell is going on? Oh, gee whiz. Why do celebrities always feel the need to give their, their kids crazy names? Because it wasn't David Bowie's son called um, Zoe Bowie, but then he changed his name to Duncan Jones. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I mean, what about like um, Gwyneth Paltrow and, and Coldplay guys? Kids are called Apple. like Apple and like Banana. Do you, I think they named it when they were in the kitchen. Mango. They're just looking around the kitchen. Mango uh, boy. S- spatula. It's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Mia, Mia Farrow then, then adopted five more kids in the 90s. Tam Farrow. Right, this I mean, is, Tam I can't is even like pronounce a, it. a pretty typical like, Scottish like Tam name, O'Shanta, right? right? So Kaylee Shay Farrow. That's Kaylee, K-A-E-L-I. Irish. That's Irish. Yeah, that's it. H-E-A, Kaylee Shea. So that's an Irish adoptee, and then uh, Tam was adopted from Scotland, clearly. Later known, that was Kaylee Shea Farrow, was later known as Quincy (laughs) Maureen Farrow. Wow, wow. And then a guy called Frankie Min, then Isaiah Justice, and Gabriel Wilk Farrow, later known as Thaddeus Wilk Farrow. Just change your name. And named after Elliot Wilk, the judge who oversaw their I legal mean, battle. Thaddeus it's, sounds like a fucking Sith, Thaddeus doesn't Thaddeus isn't he? a name you change to, it's a name you change from, right? Well, Darth Thaddeus. He, <laughs> Have you heard the tale of Darth Thaddeus? <laughs> he died in a car crash. But he'd also shot himself in the torso while he was driving the car, just to make sure, I guess. Like, what the fuck? I know we, um, I know we don't talk about games a lot. Um, right. on the podcast anymore because it's depressing. But I have a tale to share with you guys of oh, a recent RimWorld playthrough that I did. 
Wait, I, I did a tribe playthrough of RimWorld, okay? So if you've never like played RimWorld... Yeah, I like the tribe. You could do the Crashland one where you crash in a spaceship and you have some bits and pieces from the spaceship and you know some technology like electricity and stuff. But if you start with the tribe, um, you it, they don't know how to do anything. They can make campfires and they can and hunt and gather. And it takes them gather. ages to research. It takes a very long time yes, to research. Yes, and it's it, hard yeah. to survive for the time it takes to research because they get lots of diseases and it's hard to make food and stuff like that yeah i was doing i'm doing okay like i've almost researched electricity and stuff and 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 i'm doing okay but it's the winter and it's really really the winter okay it's cold as hell it's like minus 30 every single day but everybody's got parkas and toques and stuff and they're fine they're they're pretty warm but then we have a toxic fallout which lasts for months Okay, so people are kind of confined to being indoors. They can't really go outside too much. They can't like stray too far from the camp or else they'll get like lots of toxicity build up and they'll die. Uh, and then we had a volcanic winter, which is a volcano erupting a lot of ash going into the into the sky and the atmosphere and stuff and, and sort of blocking the sun. So it got colder. Okay, so there's a dog called Polly that kept wandering out to get food because we're running out of food. So Polly would wander out and try to eat berries off of bushes and whatever Polly could find, dead bodies. Right. So Polly somehow got in a tussle with one of the townspeople who went berserk because things are pretty bad. There's no food. Everybody's really stressed out and unhappy and stuff. (laughs) So this townsperson almost punches Polly to death, okay? So Polly is incapacitated in like minus 50 degree Celsius weather and loses literally every body part possible to frostbite okay (laughs) like the jaw is lost the nose both ears every leg like the tail everything is lost to frostbite but somehow we managed to keep polly alive okay so he's like a triple yeah yeah. he's like please kill me there's no there's no uh, polly cannot walk polly can't leave polly's sleeping spot at this point okay but polly is still somehow alive we can't make a wheelchair for polly we can't do anything with polly somebody has to manually feed polly every day <laughs> and that's the beauty of RimWorld. <laughs> it's just yeah, insane. It the shit that but can you happen. Gotta, you got to keep Polly alive. Right? I mean, yeah. that's become your quest. Is we got to save Polly? Well, and, and well, Polly's been trained up and is linked to a person, so that person will be even more unhappy if Polly dies. On top yeah. of all the other They'll shit have that's a happening, serious breakdown. Oh, can you fun, not yeah. make fake limbs for animals? I I think maybe it's something that you can do later on after you've researched some stuff because I. I remember giving a peg leg to a dog one time, <laughs> but in a, like a different playthrough. But I don't seem to have yeah. the option to do it with uh, with Polly, and I think it's maybe because my doctors aren't a high enough skill or something. Yeah. So my only my my only options are to administer luciferium, which is like a class A drug, which <laughs> yeah, I have yeah. done a couple of times. <laughs> Polly. So Polly also has um has need for luciferium now, or or euthanize Polly, which I don't really want to do. So no, it's a bit of it's a bit of a tough one. But um, man, I can't recommend RimWorld enough. It's, it's such oh, a fantastic it's such a good game. game. I need to do another playthrough. I did, I did a couple and then I stopped for a bit and then uh, yeah, I need to do another one because it was just brutal. Like I kept. What difficulty do you play it on? Rough. Oh wow. Because I did that and every single time, what would happen is. We'd suffer the heat stroke. Oh, yeah. We'd almost all die. And then a massive fire would come. Oh, and I would yeah. be like out yeah. of Fires ideas. Fires are pretty brutal, I, yeah. I had one that was like, there's a, heat, there's a heat wave. And all your crops have blight. And you're being raided. And you're being raided again. Yeah. I was just like, and, my and God, you get no way by, out. You get raided by a dude who has Molotov cocktails. And you're, you're done, Ugh. pretty much. 
especially if your whole base is made out of wood. But yeah. um, I so I, so I I got obsessed with doctoring and the fact that you could like harvest body parts from people. Right, right, right. Um, so so I made it. I made this. I made this sort of like um, law in 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 the settlement where you had to donate a kidney if you wanted to be part of the settlement. So that was the <laughs> price you pay. It's like the iron price. You have to like you have to have a kidney removed from you, and and that's how you can tell that you're meant to be like in the colony. And wow. and everybody has died like during the surgery. Oh, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like no no decent doctor? No, or is the doctor just some crazy psychopath no. with like a pair of shears? All the good people have died. Like one one of our best guys died mid uh, kidney harvest, and that's when we we sort of um, we we reformed the law a little bit to say that if you're already part of the the community, you don't have to go through. <laughs> it. You don't have to pay the price. Yeah, because kidney. we lost like our best cook to um to a, to a bad <laughs> kidney operation. Yeah. Oh man. Right. I had that, a I had a game one time where uh, I had a guy called Mason. It was like a cowboy type, and he got a really he was he was our doctor for some reason because no one else could do it. And the chef, who was who was prone to bouts of craziness, fought our dog, and the dog bit his arm so badly that it got a bad infection. And we decided we we're gonna have to. I think it was his leg actually. We decided we we're gonna have to amputate it. And as Mason is amputating the leg, it's mid operation, the infection clears up. Oh. But it's too late. So he just had to go through with it and cut off his leg. So he's walking around with a peg leg that he just didn't need. Oh, You're like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You can make it. You that can make funny. like a bionic people. You can, but we didn't have the skill or the money to buy one. <laughs> so amazing. he was just walking around with his fucking wooden leg that he didn't even need. Oh, man. Mason was like, oh, sorry, pard. Cut your leg off. <laughs> oh, shit. No, it is, it is very fun. So, um, so have you guys done anything of note in the last week? We're back sort of on track now, right? We recorded a podcast yeah, yeah. last week. We're doing one today. Yep. With with any luck, we'll do one next week as well. Yeah. Over the weekend, I went down to Brighton, oh. um, which I've never been to before. It's quite a nice little town on the south coast. It was a really sunny day. Um, went on the beach, paddled in the sea, went down the pier, played on the old 2P machines. Oh, yeah. Um, in the arcades and stuff. And uh, I don't know, just had a good time. Cool. Had some Now, had what some do you churros. call those machines? Because I call them the twopenny shoves. But I don't the know. Shove, yeah. shovers. But yeah. I, I well, my well, nan used to take me to the arcades because right. she used to live, live in Clacton on sea. Mm. So when we were kids, you know, we'd get dropped off at Nan's and she'd walk us down to the front and we'd. Um, so it brought back a lot of old memories, really, of like, you know, hanging out with my nan. And so she'd give us, you know, a pound coin and we'd get 52 peas and. You know that would last us about an hour in the in the twopenny twopenny shovers. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a lot of entertainment. You don't get that much for a pound. You know, it's 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 hard to find. You know, an hour's entertainment for a pound these days, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't yeah. know. I mean, um, I play a lot of iOS games, and those don't cost a penny. <laughs> and they lots of entertainment there to be found. So okay, I suppose I'm wrong. But no, I I, I do I really enjoyed um, enjoyed that. Oh, it was it was it reminded me of like just it's it's all of these like the smells like the really dirty coppery feeling of all these old two peas yeah, and um, sort of I don't know like just the sounds it makes and sort of the smells and of it slightly slightly kind of grimy, slightly kind of dirty, oh, but because it's on the pier and it's on the ocean, yeah. it's kind of all slightly rusted and slightly the sea air is like I don't know just sort of so, it's it's kind of weird. I mean, and we went on the roller coaster on the end of Brighton Pier, which ooh. was a good laugh. Um, it's very rickety. So the roller coaster right on the end is um, there's like three to choose from. One of them is just like spins you around like it's like the vomitomatic, 
Um, one of them is like a, a log flume. And I didn't really feel like I wanted to like have wet pants all day, so I was like, meh. And the other one is like a roller coaster, but it looks rickety and dangerous, as all peer-based roller coasters should be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or the, only the best roller coasters look like you're gonna die um when you go on them. You know, that's like it's like the fun fair roller coaster. It looks unsafe. It probably is unsafe. Yeah. And that's part of the fun. Well, if you saw how those things were put together, you'd never go on one. Like the, the people well, who put them yeah. together, especially like the traveling sort of like fun fair ones, you mm. know, they just seem to appear in the space of a day and you think, wow, that's crazy. How did this roller coaster get here? And then you you delve into it a bit. You do like a panorama on it, like a investigative report and you find that the people who've put it together are not trustworthy at all. Um, they smell like cabbage as well because they're carnies. <laughs> Man, they're, they're, sure. those people who possess like this weird skill of being able to like stand on the roller coaster and jump from car to car while the roller coaster is oh. going, but they're not good at anything yeah, else yeah, yeah. in life. Yeah, it's really yeah. Like those people who run the um, the sort of the, the, the carnival like rides the and can just step in and, and out of traffic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Without like gracefully, like a ballerina, just dodging. And they have the like sort of the drug movement. sweats as well. It's not even just like <laughs> normal sweating. It's like kind of like half withdrawal <laughs> sweating and also, you know, rigorous physical activity too. Yeah. It's, and yeah. so I, I went on that thing and uh, man, it was, it was, it was, um, do you know what though, right? Normal, I've been on a bunch of roller coasters in my time. We you know, we, get, we went to um, Universal Studios and Disney when we were out in LA last like year or year or so ago, and uh, went on a bunch of the roller coasters there, and they were okay, right? They were quite chill, but a lot of them were kind of VR experience roller coasters, which I'm not a fan yeah. of, honestly. Like, if I want to go on a roller coaster, I don't want to sit there and imagine I'm in some sort of fucking video. Are you game talking that, about the Simpsons me around. one? Well, not only the Simpsons one, but it felt like. It felt like all of the new roller coasters, oh, like the, the Harry Potter ones. one was like that too. Eh? It was like VR. They sort of all thing. seem to have like you get into a normal roller coaster, but then you pull down some sort of fucking screen visor, visor yeah, yeah. and it's like, well, what the fuck am I even doing in a you know physical environment? I might as well just be doing this in my they're living. They're pretty room. fucking fun, though. Do you know what I mean, like they're okay, they're okay, but I always felt a bit motion sick. Um, anyway, this one, right? It felt like I don't know whether it was just my seat, but I felt like the um, the, the 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 protective. Thing, bars that come down were like super super loose right okay and um so every time we would like bump around a corner or do it do it like a sharp turn or whatever it was felt like my spine was like like being like the chiropractor was just like snapping it and so i think i, I feel a lot better i feel a lot looser in my no i'm not it was like thank god i've been doing a bit of i, I basically came out of that roller coaster i was like holy shit like thank god i'm like not super super unfit now because otherwise i would have like injured myself i felt like i felt like i'd fucking yeah but if you're really fat though it's just more cushion to, to protect i think you, if right? i was really fat i wouldn't have had the problem speaking of I'm, speaking of getting in shape i want to hear about your latest conversation oh fuck. with your no, personal please. trainer you know what as a counterpoint to say... what flax just said i don't want to fucking hear what you're saying to your <laughs> i want to hear you guys, i want to know if it, people if it... have been losing their mind about me thinking i'm some sort of socially awkward My... Autist. I, yeah, well, I don't know about the autism and stuff, but I, I personally, my theory is that you, you might be having some sort of like midlife mental breakdown or something. <laughs> he can't. He's not. He's not midlife yet. He's like thirty. Like, uh, like some, like some, maybe some mild dementia or something. Do you have any dementia in your family? Out of interest, I don't think it's. It's. I. I don't think it's like that. Okay, it's just. I'm not. Look, it's not as bad as as you guys make it out to no? be. Okay. Right? We we we. It's, it's fine. It's a normal thing. It's fun. It's so you're great. talking to your you're talking to your personal trainer, a guy that you don't really know about, like touching a pussy and like weird stuff like that, being gay. 
<laughs> so, I mean, I get what you're saying that it doesn't sound that bad, but actually, even just listening back to the things that you've said to this guy, allegedly, sounds pretty bad. I, yeah, what I was surprised about was how, how dark you are now in, in your clothing choice and, and everything. Like, you arrived in the office yesterday dressed entirely in black, riding a black bicycle, like, yeah, I think he's transitioning into some kind of a ninja. Oh, uh, maybe. Like, that's my first thought. Like, he's actually becoming an assassin, an international assassin. Yeah. He looks, he's got the live look of a Lebanese assassin who's going to sort of pop out of an alleyway and, and stab me in the throat. Yeah. Do you have any, any, is there, are there any people in your family who are Lebanese? Because you do look really Lebanese. <laughs> I don't know. You know, maybe I should do, like, maybe I should do some, um, you, maybe some you should go on to familytree.com and ancestry.co.uk and figure it out. I, I, I've sent have away. You, have you done yeah, that? Yeah, I sent likes. away the DNA test. I sent it away the other day. It might have come back by now. Uh, when I when oh, I get what, back. you did the twenty three and me. No, you, thing. you you send away for this kit, and you spit in a tube a bunch of times, and then you send that in, and some poor lab bastard has to deal with your spit and figure out what your gene genetic history God, is. I so, wonder if that stinks when you open the vial. No, because you mix it up with this 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 blue water that's in there. So right. when you spit in there, you then seal it up. It's quite clever. You seal it up, and it, it, this this uh, solution goes in. It's like a stabilizing solution. Oh, to so keep like, it yeah, like from so drying all, out or whatever. Exactly. I mean, uh, I just like it's it's never going to tell you something good, is it? It's never going to say, "Well, you your genes are fantastic. It looks like you're going to live for a hundred years." It's not. It's it's going to be looking like for validation. your family is prone to kidney disease and. Uh, uh, butt cancer. No, I just want to find out what uh, you know. What's the background there? Because I, I went on the uh, well, ancestry, and I was going back, uh, you know, through all my my sort of family history and everything. Because the kids are curious. They're like, "Where is that? Why do we have a Scottish last name?" Uh, but we've we've never been there. And I was like, "Well, let's find out." So I like I went back along, and I found a guy. Yeah, was his name Bruce? It was not, but very clever. But he was way back okay, there. Sorry, and I he was a <laughs> baker in Scotland, and then. <laughs> He, he fucked off to Canada because oh. I've got tons of family in Canada. So he went from Scotland to Canada in like 1864 or something and then started having kids out there. And so now I've got this huge swathe of Canadian relatives. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Are they in the BC Are area? You in yeah. <laughs> Lewis all of a sudden. Oh. <laughs> Ottawa, Ontario. Oh, I'm from Ottawa, there. Ontario. Well, there you go. I grew up there. I was born there. I was born at yeah. it on June the fifth, nineteen eighty, at Riverside Hospital, which is still there. It's big. It's much bigger now. It's a much bigger hospital than it was. I'm amazed they haven't renamed it to after you. Riverside. They should have. Yeah. Well, they, back yeah. then it was just a log cabin surrounded by otters and uh, beavers. <laughs> Chris Lovis Memorial <laughs> Hospital. Tragically, he <laughs> killed himself during a Weird Al Yankovic concert. <laughs> so this is how we remember oh, him. Shit. And that's how we like to remember old Chris. So I want to see if your family trees intertwine now, P-Flex. Yeah. I want to see, I want you to keep, I want you to both keep going back and see if you lived in the same place or same village well, or maybe you lived uh, in the I mean, same no, street. No, I mean, I've, I've looked at the, the family history and it, it, it's all Forsyths. Yeah, no, my, pretty much I'm like, ages. my family aren't from Ottawa. Like, we just settled there. Like, my parents just happened to be in Ottawa when they met and they settled there but like their families didn't live in Ottawa or anything like that so also it's a big place Lewis that's like when you say that when you're abroad and you say oh I live in London oh really do you know my mate Terry no no I don't know Terry you know it, it, it's a bit like that Canada's a big place with a lot of yeah. people I still think it would be interesting if you know both of your great grandfathers lived in the same town because there's a chance that they might have crossed paths. You know, my, my, there's a chance. My grandparents were both. I guess I don't know if this is the same for you guys, but like they were, they were both 
like military families. So my mom and dad ended up living on bases all over Canada and abroad. Right. Like my mom lived in London for a bit. She lived in Germany You're a military for a bit. brat. And yeah, and then my yeah, dad. Yeah, a lot of military. My dad's dad wasn't like as high up in the military. So he was, he had to live in like really shitty places in Canada on bases like Goose Bay and stuff like that. <laughs> Goose Bay. Fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We, I, I mean, obviously, I think it was pretty hard not for relatives to be involved in the military back that, then. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. it, it's fucking, it was everywhere. Like, I, I, my great-grandfather was a pilot in the First World War, and my grandfather was a pilot in the Second World War. On my mother's side, he was in the, her father was in the Navy, and he did all kinds of secret shit with nuclear wow. bunkers and things after, post-war. It's like, he couldn't talk about it much, but they were posted here, here there, and everywhere. Fuck. And it was all something to do with... Uh, the Cold War, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty cool. Wait. He was one. He was one of the last guys out of Hong Kong before the fall of Hong Kong. Jeez, like yeah, they were. They sort of when the Japanese were coming. There, there's a picture of him and all these other guys looking really, really pissed off and tired. Yeah, and they're just about to get on their boat and fuck off just before the Japanese get Shit. there. Yeah, it's pretty local. My uh, my great grandfather was a field medic in World War One. Oh yeah, fucking imagine Damn, that. That's risky. Yeah. And then um, my grandfather tried to follow in his footsteps um but he wasn't he wasn't old enough to fight in world war ii um but he would wow. he served in korea he went over to korea Gosh. whenever that was damn yeah the 50s yeah but he um Oof. he was like he was pretty highly decorated like i think he when he retired he was like a, like a colonel or something like that it was like Jeez. yeah was, he's pretty high up fuck he did he did pretty good he did good stuff for killing the guys yeah yeah his, his like guys. his good friend would like who lived longer than it because he, he died of cancer like quite young he was like in his uh, mid-60s i think he died of cancer but his his friend, who was sort of a, of a similar rank and everything, uh, stayed on. And then he's like fucking in his mid eighties now or something, and he still does like uh, he he's still like a consultant because he retired as a general in the end, and he's he's like still a, wow. a consultant for like the for like the national defense or or something. It's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, make sure there's uh, there's no weird Al Yankovic concerts going on. Yeah, yeah, no, he's um, still trying to keep yeah, he's trying to keep the country safe by like runs in family. Man, like weird Al, like oh weird god, Al. I feel bad because I actually do still think that some of Weird Al's songs are very funny and stuff, but I don't know, like I think it was just it's one of those things like, you know, when you just you get you just get that that bit older and you just you're not into it anymore. I think everyone understands Sips. It's like people who but are... But I feel bad for I, Weird I, I, Al I, because I think that he's a pretty no, funny guy. No, I don't guy. think you should. I think every, a lot of people there were laughing, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, the same way. as like they didn't think he was good either, yeah. but it was fun. It wasn't like... It was like a, a nostalgia trip for them as well. Like they, they were the same way as you. I, don't, I, think, I think he wasn't... You know, he's very aware of this as well. You know... A lot of people say, oh, you know, the Oscars isn't what it used to be. They've changed, blah, blah, blah. But it's partly, uh, we've changed, sure, definitely. But you've changed too. Our audience has, has changed and grown older and their preferences have changed. And, you know, when when you liked Weird Al yeah. 10 years ago. I think I liked it. Yeah, that makes sense, though. I liked it better when you were that guy from Star Trek instead of like this weird international ninja that wears all black now that you've become. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> That side okay. of it makes sense to me, I guess. International man so, of right. The history. other day, right. This is a complete change of topic, but I thought it was funny. I was in, uh, I was in Five Guys here in Bristol, oh, yeah. and I was there. And the guy that hands out the paper bags, you know, they call out the orders like twenty four, and you come and get your order. Yeah. He he didn't know 
any numbers other than 50 and and one to five, one to, to nine. So all he would do, if it said 24, he would say, uh, 54. And everyone was sort of looking like, what the fuck? 54? He just did there wasn't the previous order 23. It's like 54. And in the end, I was like at the front of the line. So I would shout a translation for the order down the line. He'd shout 54, and I'd look at the thing and go, 34, and then the person would come forward. Like, I, I swear to God, it didn't matter if it was 20, 30, 40, it was, it was 50. But this guy so you're like, acting as a kind of I was like, the relay. voluntary yeah. order shout. Yeah, but it was like guys. all these students in the line. Like, they were all literally all students, and they were all just laughing because this guy was like, 57? I'd be like, there's 27? <laughs> like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like, I was like, what? Like, fair play to this guy, you know, he's, he's coming over here, he's trying his best, but don't make him shout the numbers. Like, he doesn't know the numbers. Like, you're making yeah. a laughing stock of the guy. It's all right. He'll learn the numbers, but give him a He's like, he spent like 20 years flipping. He's a master burger flipper. Oh, he can flip right? a burger. He, he can make a fucking Five Guys yeah. burger. You bet. Blindfolded. If he knows, if he yeah, knows but, one to nine, he's set though. Why doesn't he just say, he could just do what my son does. If my son doesn't know what the number is, <laughs> he says, it's a two and a seven. Like, he could have just done <laughs> yeah, that. He could. It would have been, <laughs> Your son's it would have been better than what he was doing, which was really confusing. <laughs> Jeez. Or just, or just instead of going for the twenty and they just no two t or three t two t seven three t nine exactly. Where, where, oh. they, yeah. where, so where, where, what was this guy's beef then? He was just hey beef. It's a burger joint. So yeah, no, but good. like, like oh. no, but what, what what was up with them? Like, well, he was he was just not in, a native English speaker. I don't know where he was oh, from. Right. It's a big lad. Okay. Like, I wasn't going to fuck with him. I wasn't going to go up and say, oh, you don't even know your numbers. Like, he would have smashed my face. Right. So I was just trying to help him out. <laughs> but he sort of, when he came up to me, he slid the bag over to me. And he sort of, he was looking at the number and you could see beads of sweat foaming on his brow. Like, he's thinking, I'm going to fucking say 50, whatever. <laughs> this guy's... And I was just like, uh, 37, that's me. That guy was like nodding and holding up my thing. And like, 37. I took it from him. He's like, yeah, 57. Yeah, you take the 57. <laughs> So, uh, so how's Jersey looking in the sum in the summer sun? Have you been yeah, outside at all? I have. I have actually. I've been outside. We were outside um, last week, I think, all day. It was it was pretty nice. We went to the park. The, the weather is finally turning. Um, we had a guy come over yesterday because I don't know if you remember when you were here, but there's a lot of weeds in my in my garden. Like the grass is like very weedy. You know, like if you cut it short, you can't really see it, but when it starts to grow. That lots of weeds come in. Remember, like around the fence and stuff, there were like bushes and stuff that were never tended. They were like all dead, and like there was like a like a little like palm tree that was kind of dying and stuff. Yeah. So we got rid of all of that shit. Okay, like all the planters, everything is it's completely gone, and we're, and we're getting rid of like the big vegetable patch that was there as well. And um, and we're gonna get a guy in to to lay some new turf, but he has to he has mm. to do like a weed kill of the whole backyard basically because he said you know <clears throat> if you don't kill them the weeds they'll just grow up through like the new turf that he's gonna lay sort of thing yeah yeah so that's what we're doing now we have to get all that done but it'll be good when it's done we'll just have like a nice it'll look like a golf course like uh you know, like a putting green when it's all done we're gonna get like yeah and and we're gonna keep it only the size of a it's gonna, table well, it's gonna be yeah so like it'll be good because then in the in the summer when the weather's really really nice then we could just lock the kids out of the house and they could play in the backyard. We don't have to worry about them it eating is. weeds or anything or plants because it's just going to be turf and a trampoline. That's Dang. it. Dang. Sounds like heaven. Do you have a back garden, P-Flex? Yeah, we got a back garden. Uh, my wife, actually, my wife went to, we thought we had a back garden. 
Okay, I'll, I'll tell you all about my back garden. But my wife went to a kid's party the other day uh, and the, she she just came back. She's like, holy shit, that person's house is fucking ridiculous. And I was like, oh my God. Like, it's a couple of roads over from us. Their garden was the length of our entire house and garden. Like, that was just their garden. So she was kind of jealous of that. And she was like, oh man, their house was so beautiful and it was all spick and span. Yeah. And it was just stunning. And all the other parents are going, oh my fucking God, but we have to have them over to our house for a party. I'm going to feel like scrubs, but... <laughs> it is what it is but we have a back garden that it, it used to be like a really like one of those patches of grass that you get in london back gardens like all the houses are pretty close together most people have had their lofts converted so they're all like three-story houses now so the gra grass gets like no sun it's like the saddest little patch of of grass like it's just clumps of of weeds that can can persist there so we paved over it with with stones yeah and we left like flower beds at the back and stuff for drainage and to grow flowers and bushes and trees and shit now the guy behind us i'm sure i've spoken before about the russian spy that lives behind my house right no Have i don't I think this? i've ever okay. heard of this no. guy all right so the house that that my my garden backs onto their garden and then their house so you know we're, we're sort of you know he's in the next road our houses back onto each other ah uh, so he's not really your next door neighbor he's like he's your back door neighbor of, he's my back door neighbor yeah i've seen i've i've seen him once in the, have, you, have you ever been around the front of his house? Yeah, oh yeah, I'll tell you all about it. Like? I've, I, okay. I've lived in this house for, what is it, 14 years now, maybe 13, and I've seen this guy one time only, one time in that entire period, and yet I've often seen light on in the nighttime, like in the downstairs, or I, I've seen maybe occasionally a light in the upstairs. It's very yeah. strange. I have I have watched it through binoculars because I'm so curious. I'll sometimes peek and see what the fuck is going on in this house. The upstairs back window, someone's put a wardrobe in front of the window. Window, So half the window is covered Whoa. by a wardrobe, which is not something you'd ever do if you were using That's that room. That's a fire hazard as well. Like, um, you know, nobody, if there's a fire in the house, you can't escape out the window. You're Dude, there's you no, have to keep the windows clear. They don't need to escape. There's no one fucking there. Like, they, they have a loft conversion, but I've never seen a light one up there, so it's just an a, a abandoned attic at this point. Now, about eight years ago, because I've, I've been really keeping an eye on this thing, because it's so weird, the 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 upstairs window, the, on this, on this, so not the ground floor, the first floor, the, the back window there, the, it was fully lit up, right? There's no curtains in there, so no one ever uses that room. It's fully lit up, and I was like, I'm so curious, i got to see what's going on in here. I've never seen that light on. So I got my binoculars out and I'm peeking through and there's a guy in there, a youngish guy, and he's he's got his hands on his hips and he's looking and he's got all this computer equipment laid out on the floor, just like racks and, and like a hard drive and all kinds of bits of computer stuff. He's in there for about half an hour looking at it and then he just turns the light off and leaves. Never seen this guy again. Never seen anyone up in that room again. So I don't know what the fuck was Maybe going on up there. Maybe it was the dude from WikiLeaks. Uh, yeah, it's like Snowden or whatever, but it was just so fucking weird that this... So sometimes I'll, I'll go around the front and it's like the front door is so overgrown. There's all shit grown all over it. Like you just, you, you wouldn't think anyone lived there. You thought it was abandoned. There's like a cobweb over the door and stuff. But then a couple of days later, you'll see that all that's gone and the door's clearly been opened. Like he, there's sometimes recycling is left out, but sometimes there's just a stack of shit piled up on the. So it's like, what is going on with this house? And then to add to that, I found out that around the side, there's a little path and that actually the ground floor is one flat. And the upstairs, the upstairs is a second flat, oh. so it's actually two separate apartments. And but the door to get into the upstairs is literally 
completely overgrown. It's like there's no way you could get into that door. It's so overgrown. There's wheat. There's so much vines and shit growing over it. So I'm like, what is going on with this house? Like this, the houses where I live are worth a lot of money. Why is why is someone let this place go like this? I, it just blows my mind. I'm, and their back garden is an actual jungle. What was a weed when we first moved in there is now a tree. There's a tree growing in his garden that's gone from weed to tree. It's so fucking Holy big. Holy shit. So, uh, yeah, it's it's just the weirdest situation. It sounds situation. like um, like the Burbs. You know that movie with Tom Hanks? Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, it's just like that. Sardine? It's, it's just there's going to be a murder mystery <laughs> like in your neighborhood yeah. any day now based on your sleuth. God, I love that yeah. movie. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. <laughs> That's a great Fuck, movie. I haven't seen that movie in years. Oh, it's got so many good maybe quotes. Maybe it's like a, a safe house or like uh, yeah. maybe it's like a bank owns yeah. it and they, they just have it as an investment. Maybe it's like where Nico Bellic lives. You know, he's just... Who's Nico Bellic? The guy from... Uh, Oh, from GTA. GTA 4, right? yeah, the Russian guy. Right, right, right. Maybe the guy's in prison. No, he's not. It. Here's the thing. One of the guys, one time we were having a street party and there was a, one of the guys that lives in that road was in our street party. And I said to him, do you know anything about the house that we back onto? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that guy lets me park my motorcycle in his, in his front garden sometimes because it's, you know, there's no off-road parking around here. And um, in exchange for that, you know, I keep an eye on the house room. I was like, where is he? He said, oh, he does a lot of business in Russia. That's what he said to me. He does a lot of business oh, in Russia. Man. So I was thinking, all right, maybe he's a businessman. Yeah, fair enough. But as time's gone on, now I'm starting to think maybe he's a fucking Does he spy. wear like tracksuits a lot? You, I've, like I said, I saw him one time only. Oh, right. One uh, time. Was he wearing a tracksuit? No, he was not wearing oh, a tracksuit. Oh, okay. He was hacking. He shattered he all was, of he, my stereotypes of he Russians. He was hacking in the street. Yeah. Dimitri, we must hack mainframe and steal data. <laughs> and I thought, what's going on with this guy? That's a weird, weird thing to say. And that was the last I saw. That him. accent was subpar. Thinking Lewis needs to do his. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let us let us run, Dimitri, quick. FBI are on to us again. Catch us in their servers, quick. <laughs> Bring the firewall back up. Uh, so, no, I'm interested about this street party that happened, P-Flex. Yeah, people have What's, street parties. What's unusual about that? It's London, well, it just, Lewis. It's not fucking Brazil. It's London. They it's have street Brazil. parties all the fucking time. It's like New York. They have street parties, too, you know, like... They get hot dogs and hamburgers and they listen to yeah. loud hip hop like music they, and stuff. They they close off the, the street. We put up some bunting. The little tent goes up in the middle of our street and our street and the next street will be invited. We'll have a barbecue. We had a hog roast the other year. Whoa. So, you know, we, we all you chip in and the, you get some live music and everything. It's, it's good. It's really sweet. You meet all your neighbors that you never speak to for the rest of the year. And, you know, because it's London. Like I've got people, my entire relationship with them for the last six years has been Morning, morning, like that. That's it. Yeah. And I've lived lived like opposite these people or, or a couple of doors down from them for like six years. It's kind of weird. Yeah. You don't want to you don't want to get chatting to your neighbors too much though. If they're too yeah. close for comfort, you know what I mean? Like you, they, if they corner you and you have to talk to them at length at any point, yeah, that is just going to ruin the whole thing. You don't want to be chatting to your neighbors. You have to keep it's them. True. At arm's length, you know, just like a nod and a smile and the occasional good morning. I, well, I read, a, I read a book called, I think it's called Watching the English. Um, and it's a book about, it's like studying the, the weird social habits that we have. And one of, the, one of the golden rules that I thought was really true is, if you see someone in their front garden, it's perfectly all right to say, hey, how's it going? You talk to them. But if you see someone in their back garden, you do not talk. Yeah. Like, that's like the private space. And I thought that was so true. Like, if you're in your back garden, you pretend the other neighbors are not there. But when you're in your front garden, you're like displaying yourself like a, like a peacock to the world. You're available to be spoken to. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it's like your storefront is yeah, open. Yeah, exactly. You can just sell some 
you know, beans that you've made and grown in your garden or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Magic beans. Magic beans, yeah. yeah. Oh shit, that reminds me, I've got to do a lemonade stand this summer. Promised the girls for like the last two summers that they could do a lemonade stand. What kind of Americanized bullshit hey, is have this? Have you ever done a, a, a lemonade stand? Like, in your front front lawn as well? No, I mean, they, they want, that's the thing. Now that once I agreed to the lemonade stand, right, they say, I feel like the local council, they're, they're, they're trying to push their luck. Like they don't have a business license yet and they're already ex- trying to expand their business enterprise. They want to offer <laughs> ice creams now, what? old toys they want to be able to sell. And they want to sell a variety of drinks. And my my eldest said, maybe we could sell beer. I was like, all right, sweetheart, I'm putting my foot down here. Wow. <laughs> Holy a, shit. A, whose beer are you going to sell? Mine? That ain't for sale. All right, that's my beer. B, you ain't got a license. Hey, but what right, if... The police will look kindly on a on a, a child selling lemonade. Beer? No, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. Flex, They'll shut us down. What if she sells it for more than you bought it for, and then you could buy more beer with the money that... Because she's a kid. I'll have to she's go out of the kid, house right? to buy beer. No, oh, come on. You live in the, in the UK. Just order it online. I don't think, I think we would get shut down. Do a home delivery. Jeez. We could do it under the table like a little speakeasy. Like they could sell uh, the hard lemonade or whatever. That's just kind of, uh, you know, fortified. But the kids right. aren't allowed it. Like we could do that. That might be funny. The special. Hey, listen, on the uh, topic loosely of, uh, of of Jersey and, and, and England and stuff. So you guys... You guys are getting a new pound coin, right? Yeah. They're phasing big, out big the money. old ones. A big deal. A big deal. And the new one is going to be different and it's coming in, okay? Yeah. And this affects us somehow, okay? We were we were all we were over here and we were we were happy with having in circulation some pound coins, yes, but also uh, very popular locally because uh, Jersey has its own money, which is, it's it's pound for pound sterling, but it has like Jersey stuff on it and it's printed over here and stuff. Yep, yep, yep. We ha- But we have pound notes over here, which is awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they're fucking phasing them out now because of this oh, new man. pound coin. Like they're just going to adopt the new pound coin because apparently it costs too much money to print pound notes. How does it cost more money to print pound notes than it does to fucking do whatever they're going to do with these pound coins? I think it's to do with longevity. I mean, I have pound coins that are fucking ancient. Like, you'll see these ones that are like from, from when they first came out still knocking about. Yeah. But the notes, they, they decay real fast, I think. I guess so. so. They, you know, they get all Because they get used a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they're in kids' pockets, probably. Oh, but they're so. so fucking good, though. Like, I wish they'd just keep them, but they're, they're going to phase them out right, right. For example, here's a pound in my pocket from 1983. Okay, so this coin is probably older than most of the people watching this podcast. So it's pretty fucking old. I was three when that was issued. There you go. The, the issue is they get forged a lot. Like, I, I can't remember what the, the forgery rate is for pound coins. One in 30. It's, it's high. It's high. One in 30 yeah. current one pound coins are counterfeit. Really? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So what? Have you never what, seen did that, one? Did that all happen just like... It, it, like in one go, like somebody just fucking made a whole <laughs> no. bunch of them and they were like really good and they couldn't no. stop them or something? I think it's it's an ongoing thing, All isn't right. it? I mean, yeah. But they're super easy to, to forge. So these new ones are going to be like 12-sided or something and they're harder yeah, they're, to forge. Yeah, they are the most secure coin in the world. Like if you look at them, they're, they're, they look like a nightmare to make, but they are, they are, they are absolutely... Fucking amazingly difficult to forge, I'm sure. It's got all kinds and, of details. And so how are they gonna how are they gonna do the check? Are, are they gonna check a pound coin the same way that they do with like the marker on the notes? <laughs> you pay with a pound. They have like a little like thing that they have to put they the coin the loop, in. The little jeweler's <laughs> loop out. Oh yeah. yeah. Biting it and shit. <laughs> this, this pound this looks uh, oh, man. looks good. So like surely we're almost at the point now where things 
everything should just at least cost a pound and and no no less like when are we going to start getting rid of fucking like 50 pence and 20 pence and and pence in general well i mean i was thinking this when i was on the 2p machines i was like what the fuck do we use 2p's for yeah. other than putting them in 2p yeah. machines i honestly like, think that's probably the greatest use of the, the i bet 2p's see more use in those 2p slider machines than anywhere else in britain like that's the yeah. last bastion of the penny in the They're two penny bit. Annoying. It really like is. to put it into card, two p coin is the size of a loony in in like the Canadian <laughs> dollar coin, and like you know, fuck, they're they're. It, it sucks having a bunch of those in your wallet, you know, like they're, they are, they're so annoying. And, and the 50p coins are even fucking worse. They're huge. Like, geez, hey, it's like no, a fucking, you leave the 50p alone. It's like a fucking dinner a plate in your you wallet. You leave the 50p alone. It's a good coin, dude. They halved it. It was much bigger. Oh. And it was, it much, was and much, much bigger. And what about the two pound coin can fuck off. Holy shit. That's a great yeah. coin. It weighs a more than my car. A very solid you coin. leave our coins alone, all right? Oh. I'll give you the 2p and the 1p. And yeah. 2p fuck and the 1p are shit. Fuck a 5p. 5p's a right up 5p's the arse. But, uh, can fuck right off. You leave the 50 and the 20 and the pound and the 2 pound alone. There's a good coin. I don't want all, I don't want those coins in my wallet, okay? You shouldn't be keeping them in your wallet anyway. Where Who am keeps I coins to in their keep wallet? Them? I want to spend them pocket. at some point. Jeez. In your pocket like a man. Oh, all right? You don't keep coins. Sakes, I'm going to lose them all. No, Put you them keep in them the in your pocket. Pots. Use them as tip jar. Jeez. You don't keep coins in a wallet. I wear track pants like all the time. They'll fall out. Don't carry coins with track pants then. Well, where am I supposed to carry them then? I need one you of those bum ca- bags. Don't carry coins. What do you That's need coins for anyway? That's why bags exist, because of track pants. It's Honestly, true. since contactless has come along, I fucking don't carry cash ever. It's like, it's really hurt the hobos and stuff, because no one, contactless <laughs> has yeah, really yeah, hurt. But listen, what about when you go to a country that doesn't have that shit, though? Yeah, it's true. Like, it's okay for you. I found in America, it's all, you still have to sign for shit. Yeah, like, Canada, Canada, it was all contactless and, um, and putting your pin really? in. And I... I I didn't take a single Canadian dollar when I went to Canada and I paid for everything and on my one card and I never got it. Yeah, but the the thing is with that, okay, is that it's like all that shit goes into a computer and they can they can tell what you're spending your money on and they they can fucking figure out your spending habits and then you start getting weird letters in the mail saying like, hey, uh I noticed you were in Canada three months ago and you bought a whole bunch of uh, weed liquid for vapes. Uh, now we have, <laughs> yeah. you know, I fucking hate that shit. Like, that's why cash is awesome because it, it it's it's so fucking random. You can't fucking trace it. Like, I know there's marked bills and shit like that, but like, you know, you know what I mean? They, they, they can't fucking figure out your spending habits and shit. And like, they try to do it at airports, right? Like, with your fucking... You need to have your boarding pass if you want to buy something. Why the fuck? Like, I don't want you to fucking know who I am. Like, what if I'm fucking buying a ton of lube or something and I don't want anyone to know about it? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, these people can fuck off. Seriously. I should be allowed to buy lube and nobody should be able to find out about it, is what I'm saying. I don't think they get a detailed breakdown of a receipt. You know, you could be buying a double-ended dildo and they're they're not going to be that specific. How do you know, though? You're assuming that they don't, but maybe they do. Maybe they're, like, building a case against you right now. You know, they'll just arrest you for some reason. You're like, what did I do? And they're like, you're a terrorist. And you're like, well, how? Well, we noticed that you bought a whole bunch of lube. You're a sexual terrorist. And then you're like, well, fuck, I should have just used cash and I would have never been in this predicament. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get rid of contactless. Let's take the first step to shutting it down. 
Um, I think that's all we got time for today. We got a bodega though, I think. Yeah. Um, this is this is this the first no, fuck, this the is... first hard copy bodega. You know, we, I had to write it yeah, upstairs. Yeah, we didn't even fucking. I totally forgot to mention it. It's a, it was an on the road because Perian's in Bristol for this one. Oh yeah, yeah. Perian is in Bristol, so if people have noticed the audio difference, that's fine. We did we done the poker stream this week. Oh, we could talk about all this stuff next time. Yeah, it's been a good week. It has really, had really a lot of week. fun. Nice. Are you ready um, for uh, Bodega Part 20, Enio? So, so Perian wrote this last night and this morning yeah. on the computer upstairs. Yeah. and had to print it out. So it's the first hard copy it is. of a Bodega. The first hard copy of a Bodega. And I'm, I need to figure out how to send myself the digital copy so I have it to go in the collection. Right. Email it to yourself. How about okay. that? <clears throat> Are you ready? Yeah. Bodega Part 20, Enio. <laughs> nice. That was your idea for last Yeah, week. yeah. No, that's good. I'm glad that you remembered <laughs> and you kept going. That's... <laughs> Tamira sat back to the wall in the darkest corner as she had been trained. The Wallop Bar was a bar like few others. Instead of paying an entry charge, customers were expected to show a life insurance policy at the door, and those without weapons were turned away. She had calculated her chances of making it out of this pit unharmed at around 40%, and death itself was around a 5% likelihood. Still, for a chance to meet with Bodega, she figured the odds were in her favor. After half an hour, there he was, the man himself, bang on time. A layperson might have assumed Bodega would be one of those people that turned up fashionably late, but people who knew him knew that to Bodega, late was dead. Late was the guy hanging off the ramp of an evac ship, screaming for his compadres to rescue him. Late was a co-pilot mistiming the jump to hyperspeed and getting caught in an exploding nova. Late was a Filtruvian sliphound begging for mercy while a gunch crunk smarkled like a Trevon wonk at the biannual Gremfrith. Late was nowhere. Bodega sauntered in without a care in the galaxy. Tamira felt her undergarments getting a little tighter, a little hotter. Yeah, so what? She'd always had a crush on Bodega. It didn't have any effect on her ability to do her job. That's why they could still work together from time to time. Bodega scanned the bar casually, saw Tamara immediately, and began approaching. Tamira felt her face flush in response. Be cool, she told herself. Tamira, how's it hanging, pard? asked Bodega. She played it cool. Men who fancied her didn't usually refer to her as pard, but she reminded herself this was a business meeting. Could do with a refill, B, she said, swilling the last of her volve all around the bottle to emphasize her point. Bodega turned to the bar and held up two fingers and took a seat across from Tamira. Within 20 seconds, an eager bar boy pranced over with their drinks. Hate sitting like this, said Bodega, clearly uncomfortable with his back to the door. There's room here, said Tamira, sliding along to make space for her crush. She wore a midnight blue skin suit, and as she slid across the wooden bench, it made a pleasing squeaking sound. She noticed, she noticed Bodega involuntarily bite his lip, and she stifled a smile. No matter how much of a badass a man was, she'd still never met one that could resist her ass in this outfit. Bodega and Tamira sat side by side, eyeing the bar for a good ten minutes before the man spoke. Tamira, he said, I'm putting together a crew. Hoping you're available. He turned to look at her. Nothing but honesty written across his face, but there was the faintest twinkle in his grey eyes. Holy flav, she thought, my chance to get close to Bodega. For the last five years, she'd been working as a spy, mainly corporate stuff. High-end deals, companies trying to steal from one another, boardroom manipulation, twisting a campaign slogan towards strength or weakness, intel leaks, assassinations, and of course, some general admin work and making cups of scoffee, that kind of stuff. But there was a chance to test her metal with Bodega, and maybe, if she was lucky, catch his eye. What's in it for me, she asked, trying to play it cool. Not much. Money, hopefully. Glory, maybe, said Bodega, downing his drink and ripping a vast cumulonimbus on his mega vape. <laughs> also, Bodega began, leaning in a little closer, much to Tamira's delight. 
Not sure if you heard what happened to me, but we got flarved over. Woman's name was Sheila. Well, that's what she went by. Let me guess. Middle-aged appearance, frumpy, harmless, and made the best damn scoffy you've ever had, she smirked. Yep, that's the one, sighed Bodega. She took about half a billion scrolls and made for the cosmos. Need some help tracking her down. Name's not Sheila, it's Wargon. Shape-shifting son of a scrub. And he's a bad mother, Tamira was cut off mid-sentence by Bodega's expression. His smile had dropped, his eyes were on the door. Tamira turned to see what had caught his eye and, right on cue, in walked Wargon, disguised for some reason as Sheila. Well, I'll be flarved, spat Bodega, pulling his last gun under the table. Not here, and not yet, said Tamira, placing a hand across the gun and tilting it away from Wargon. Tamira, that bastard stole half a bill from me, and in my book that means it's party time, said Bodega, pulling a second gun out of his coat with his other hand. Bodega, please, Tamira insisted, using her other hand to push the second gun aside. <laughs> Tamira, I ain't letting this fool get away from me, said Bodega, angling his left boot towards Wargon, a small las gun barrel visible at the toe cap. Bodega, trust me, pleaded Tamira, using her right foot to angle Bodega's boot away from Wargon. We need to know who he's meeting first. I don't care who he's meeting, said Bodega using his remaining leg to point a toe cap towards Wargon. You need to wait, his Tamira angrily, as she worked her other leg over and pinned Bodega's last leg to the bench. She was straddling him at this point, her back to Wargon, her face close to the sinewy cowboy writhing below her. Bodega looked square into Tamira's eyes, his face full of fury. A braid of her hair slipped from her head and touched his face. Then her lips touched his, and suddenly Bodega had forgotten all about that varmint Wargon as he and Tamira smooched like teenagers right here in the darkest corner of the Wallop Bar and Grill. Okay, pard, we'll play it your way, said Bodega, breathless as their lips finally parted. Good, said Tamira, and honey, please don't call me pard. Bodega tipped the brim of his hat and looked a tad sheepish. Wargon, in Sheila form, was sat at a table around 30 meters away at the far side of the room. Bodega and Tamira sank back into the shadows of their cubicle and watched as Wargon ordered a drink and eyed the door. Around 15 minutes later, a figure in a dark red suit entered, face obscured by a desert cloak. They glanced around the bar and finally took a seat across from Wargon, who pushed a package across the table towards the cloaked figure, who then pushed a small red disc across the table back to Wargon. They shook hands and then both stood and left by separate exits. You follow the man in red. I've got Wargon, said Tamira. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you follow the man in red. I've got Wargon, said Tamira. Be careful, said Bodega. <laughs> it's okay. Me and Wargon go way back, said Tamira, her face hardening. Bodega slipped expertly through the crowd, not drawing any attention as he skulked after the man in red. Tamira made straight for the staff exit out the back and positioned herself in the darkness of an alleyway, watching for Wargon. Her hands closed around the grip of her Pentafire 8 pistol as she prayed Wargon would come her way. To be continued. Oh, oh. Bit of a cliffhanger. It's nice. Good. It's a really good one. That's that a good, good one. That's a good one. They're all good. I did notice. I did notice a little Freudian slip in the middle. <laughs> what was okay. it? Well, because you, you, you say that you're not Bodega. Right, okay? right. You're not bodega but you call bodega bulldega no that was that was just that was not true i am not bodega clearly oh man i like that i like to think that you are bodega (laughs) the the ladies love bodega and he has a firm head of hair like come on he's got like elvis hair like really thick. He's bold. He's bold. He's not bold. Not, Bodega, hey, let's. No, bold is in. He's bold. He's he's willing bo- to take he's action. Bold. bold. Yes. He's not bold. Yes. That's what we're going with. 
not Baldegger. A lot of there's um, been a lot of talk about whether I'm projecting various aspects of my personality and personal life in the Bodega stories, and I've got to say, I'm sure that it can't be helped. The little a little bit of me squeaks out. A tiny out. little bit of you's got to sneak through. He, he's yeah. a fantasy character. I mean, you know, Bodega's a guy you'd love to be. He's a badass, and he's fucking great. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah. he vapes as well, and you vape too. He does so. vape. He does vape. He does like. He does drink. He drinks. You and, drink. Uh, he kills everything that, that pisses him off. You so, do yeah, that just, in a in a virtual there's setting. There's a lot of commonality like, yeah. in video <laughs> games. <laughs> I am yeah. not Bodega. He's he's just um I guess he's a, he's like a fantasy character. But he's Well you know, P Flex. Yeah. That was amazing. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Travel's podcast. Thank this you. Week. Thank you, Thanks. Thank you. Thank, thank you, P Flex. Thank you, Lewis. No, thank you. No, yeah, thank you. We should do a song like Thank you, Lewis. Thank Lewis, you. Thank Lewis. you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Sips. Sips. All right, we can work We're on that going one. going to leave you now. Thanks for listening to this shit. Wank. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs>